If we could create a way to help small businesses be able to communicate more effectively with their customers, we could make those businesses way more efficient. The right way to reach the customer is not by giving them an app, but by instead communicating with them where they are today. And where they are today is either in SMS or in Facebook Messenger. That was Doug Marinero, the CEO of Riptide, a company that works with a range of businesses, including auto repair shops, plumbers, appliance companies, and more, with service-oriented messaging solutions to help them better communicate and establish marketing relationships with their customers. We like to refer to this idea of using messaging platforms to communicate with customers as conversational business. It represents a huge opportunity. And today I'm talking with Doug to learn more about how his business is taking advantage of that opportunity in some very interesting ways. I'm John Pryle. Welcome to the Impact Podcast. Thanks for joining us today, Doug. So in your line of work, you're dealing with a range of businesses that I'm guessing aren't always particularly tech savvy. Maybe we've even got some greasy keyboards. Uh, Can you give us a sense of where most of them are today from a technology perspective? Well, you know, computers have been around for a while. So uh, all of these places mostly have some sort of computer system, but they're largely Windows legacy applications that are designed to run their back office. What they don't have is a great way to communicate with their customers. All their communication with customers is by phone, fax, and when they go to pay their suppliers, it's largely by paper check. 67% of small businesses are still paying their suppliers with paper checks. And their model of communicating with customers today, before Riptide gets involved, is is what? Uh, Customer calls them. If they give the thing they're advertising all the time is their phone number. One of the things I like to do is I'm driving around. It's a little, maybe a little bit dangerous, but I see all these vans and these trucks passing me on the highway. And what's the one thing that they have on the side of their truck is their phone number. So I'm taking pictures of all these things. And, and that's because the phone number is still the primary way that they expect people to reach them and for them to go reach their customer. But phone is largely inefficient because it requires a synchronous communication. If someone calls you, you got to be there to pick up that call. Otherwise, you're going to get a whole pile of voicemails. And with messaging, which is what we offer them instead, they're able to collect those messages and see what the message is about and respond to the customer directly. Great. Let's talk more about messaging. This is great. So I've, a couple of key things I'll take away right away is the phone and the voicemail is a single transaction. Messaging gives you a long-running transaction, a long-running relationship with the customer. You understand what's going on over some broader period of time as well. How do you choose what interfaces that you're letting your customers use to talk to their customers. Right. You know, the good news about messaging is that uh, everybody's doing it. Um, I think there's, uh, you know, uh, 90 90 billion messages exchanged every day between uh, WeChat and Facebook Messenger and SMS and so forth that are out there. And that's an older statistic. And our customers message all the time um, when they're, they're not at work. They're messaging with their families. They're messaging with their friends. But as a business, to message with your customers, it's a little bit tricky. Because you don't want to give up your personal messaging phone number. Your customers are going to be contacting you on the weekends and all sort of, sort of off hours. So what we do is we give each business their own messaging line. And we have all those messages come into a, a single environment, a portal that is both on their phone as well as on their, uh, on their desktop that allows them to go ahead and communicate with their customers. And we let the customers use SMS or Facebook Messenger 
to communicate back with that shop. So those are the first two platforms you chose, is straight SMS or Facebook Messenger as your first two platforms. That's right. And I assume if something else takes gets hot, if you were, if you move to Japan, you'll use Line. Line, WeChat, <laughs> whatever, whatever, the, whatever the hot platform is. And so what's happening now is once we put messaging Riptide into a shop, these shops spend all day long on this thing. They, they're, they're online for six or seven hours a day in our system, communicating and messaging with their customers. And they actually turn off their answering machine because they, all they were getting before were voicemails from all these people trying to sell them stuff that they didn't want to buy. And every once in a while, there'd be a voicemail from a customer. Now they're messaging their customers. So now if you're a supplier to that particular shop, what a great place to be able to go ahead and put your message in front of that shop. So what happens now is the auto parts suppliers that are selling to these shops now want to be able to go ahead and get in front of those shops. And they now message directly into the shops. So the shops and the auto parts suppliers are all messaging within Riptide. The shops are messaging to their customers using SMS or Facebook Messenger. Good. Let me, let's, let's kind of take the pieces here. So this is really fascinating to me. So we'll start right now, even though you've got lots of different customers sent here, let's stay with the auto repair shop and their customers. So they're now using SMS and Facebook. And I actually hadn't really thought about it till you mentioned it, that they'll have their own platform to work on that's independent from their personal life. I've got a contractor doing some work right now, rebuilding a bathroom. And it's very clear to me, my text messages are blurring with the rest of his life. And it's, he shouldn't have to do that. He should go home and he could then either stay with his family or do his work. So I kind of like the, the separation, but it gives you a lot more control now. So here I am, your shop, talking to their customers. We're now building a CRM capability that probably didn't exist before on that back office. So talk to me more about what you're doing for the customers, as a, for, the, for your vendors that are talking to their customers. Yeah, there is a CRM that's built in. Because when you're talking about these aren't, aren't, aren't casual conversations between friends. These are about something, about a product. It's about your car. Uh, and so with each customer that the shop starts to communicate with, we let the shop put in information like the VIN, the make, model, and year of the car. He starts to build a service history of it as well. One of the things that we, we recognize is that, um, as you asked before, uh, these shops do all have legacy application systems, and they use these systems to generate the estimates. If you're going to be a, get, a, get your car repaired, you have to approve that estimate. Well, if I want to get that estimate to you, you're not going to come to the shop just to pick up an estimate and approve it. i got to either call you over the phone, but what you really want to do is you want to look at the paper copy. So traditionally, these shops have been faxing these estimates to customers. Well, whose fax is anything anymore? Or maybe email. But remember, they don't use email because it's too slow. So what we did is we created a simple way to integrate into every legacy system that's out there and allows the shop to send an estimate over through the messaging system directly to the customer. Well, now we're collecting all those estimates and those become part of the service history for the customer. So the CRM for the customer begins to build out. We're also actually going through and parsing the estimate and extracting key information about the customer as part of that process of sending out the estimates and then sending out invoices. So the key here is you're capturing data, you're capturing the VIN data, you're capturing the last time you did maintenance, uh, you're capturing customer's responsiveness, obviously the, the transaction itself, approving the estimate is being done as well, but you're beginning to capture a longer term set of data. Well, so what can you do with that in terms of my next oil change or whatever? Is there a oh. bit of MarTech showing up in our little CRM system here? Well, we don't have it yet, but the next step, now that we're being able to collect that data, is to, is to automatically generate future reminders that we'll push out 
but now push them out by messaging because you have that contact going on with the customer. But moreover, we're able to now to pass up the supply chain to the supplier information about what's happening at all the different shops that they're servicing. So now for a supplier to win, a supplier wins on the basis of being able to deliver the right part at the right time for the right price. And so having the right parts in stock are really important to him. If that supplier can have a vision on what all the different shops are actually ordering from that supplier and what, sh- and what they're supplying to their customers and their customer base, that allows that supplier to have a much better inventory collection system. So I've, take, I've got this messaging system, which really seems to be a bit of a game changer, um, you know, conversational business, getting out of the consumer into the business world. I've got the consumer going to the, the supplier, in this case, our auto shop. Now we're moving upstream to the supplier. So the, the, the dealer, the service provider is aggregating data. Does that aggregated data then get up to the supplier? How, how do you manage the handoffs or what data the supplier gets? Are they going to become Riptide users as well? I'm just going to get under, or, they, or can they use their own systems? So when we decided to build Riptide, um, we had a choice. Who, who was going to be our core customer for this? And uh, in, in essence, we, we followed the money. The supplier, typical supplier, does 20 to $40 million a year in business. They're part of a $7.8 trillion wholesale trade business that's out there. In automotive, it's, it's, it's $100 billion alone. And uh, these suppliers have 1,000 to 3,000 of these auto shop customers. So the supplier is our primary customer. That's who we sell our system to. And what we're doing for that supplier is we're helping that supplier now be able to communicate more effectively and quickly with their shops and be able to gather the data from those shops about what those shops are actually doing and what, what services they're providing and what's, what inventory to stock. And then finally, to help that supplier be able to get paid faster. What's cool about it is that by servicing the supplier and helping the supplier collect payments through the system, we're now able to let that supplier sponsor the use of Riptide by all of his shops. So Riptide becomes a free messaging system that all of these shops can then use, the shops of the supplier, the supplier, in turn, gets faster interaction, gets paid faster, and gets all the data about what's happening. So let me follow the money. I got this end user now using SMS or Facebook Messenger to reach my supplier who's just done my auto repairs. Uh, how are you managing payments now? So when you go to pay for getting your car fixed, you're typically going to the shop to pick up your car, and you're going to go hand them a credit card and get paid. So In the beginning, we thought, wow, let's go create this awesome remote payment mechanism for all these shops. And what we learned is that there's a small number of people who might find that interesting and useful, but it's, it's not the most critical payment piece of this. The really interesting payment piece is between the shop and the supplier. Because what happens now is those shops, because again, they're all using phone, fax, and paper check, pay all their suppliers with a paper check. These suppliers actually send people out at the end of the month, their reps, they spend a day or two just going around and collecting checks. We figure it costs them about $19 per paper check to go ahead and collect it and process it in their organization. So what we're doing is when the suppliers onboard their shops, they're actually encouraging the shops to enter all their ACH information. And we're creating an ACH network among all the shops that are now able to go pay their suppliers. Of course, the beauty of it is once you get a shop to go on ACH to pay one supplier, now the next supplier that comes on, that shop's already ready to go ahead and pay via ACH. And ACH is same day payment now, 
And it tracks with all the information about the parts that the person is ordering as well. Got it. And there's value to the supplier as they get paid faster. Some value to the merchant, although they might have been happy with their checks going via snail mail. But there was also that value to the shop, specifically conversational business for their end users. So how did you develop your go-to-market strategy? So we solved the problem for the shop, but man, there's 178,000 shops out there and I'd have to sell to every single one of them. And guess what? You know, when it comes to something like messaging, these shops find it valuable, but you know, they kind of think this stuff may sh- maybe should be for free for them. They're, they're, it's really hard to go ahead and convince them to go ahead and put some money into this. Sure. So we took a look at, we followed the money and there's a tremendous amount of money being spent on auto repair and that money now aggregates the next level up at the suppliers. So every one of these shops has in the order of 50 different companies that they work with that supply them parts. And so we went the next step up to the supplier to understand more about their business. And what we found is that because these shops spend all their time communicating with their customers with phone and fax, the suppliers have to communicate with their shops with phone and fax. Sure, sure. And in turn, when it comes time to get paid, they got to get paid with paper check. So we decided to solve a problem for the suppliers that was really important to them that allows them to be more efficient, allows them to sell more quickly to those shops and actually get paid faster and more inexpensively. And it's such a great solution for the suppliers that the suppliers are effectively now able to subsidize the deployment of this to all the shops that are out there. So I've got these suppliers with their network of service providers, and now I am gathering and aggregating massive amount of data. So that really does solve this problem of just-in-time and what inventory is required, removing payments. It's well worth it to them to take the riptide, push it downstream to their suppliers, and they have true value add going down now to their customers. So I think I got this story right. Where else do you think you're going to go in terms of analytics for either the suppliers or the service providers? What do you think you're going to go next with this data? Yeah. So I think what's, what's interesting is um, when you go to work with these suppliers, there's so much new technology that they want to add at some point. But the first thing that's driving them is they just want to generate more business. And what happens when you start to switch from a personal visit, phone call-based system to messaging is a whole bunch of new kinds of impulse buying happens. So one of the things that we're already starting to see happen with the suppliers is the suppliers, now that they have all their shops in the system, and those shops are in Riptide talking to all their customers, we have the suppliers now sending out a group message to 100 of their guys, their shops that work on Fords, and saying, hey guys, we have a special on Ford Motorcraft, because it's the end of the month, they want to go ahead and push their, their orders. If you respond within the next 30 minutes and pay through Riptide, you'll get 25% off. And now all of a sudden, you begin to get the same kind of messaging impulse buying that you know, has made Facebook so rich, right? Now, now what happens is these guys get this, this message to go as they're in the middle of working and they say, oh, I, I do Fords. I could use Ford Motorcraft filters, of course. Click, pay, done. So and B2B marketing works well. Um, so I've got that from my high end down to the middle. Uh, and in terms of the service providers and their kind of CRM type function, you said we're going to be adding some more capabilities for them. So is it more about understanding the customer and who they are? That's just the starting point. It really is going to be ending up on the communication channel is the enabler for additional marketing programs here. 
Is that a fair way to put it? Absolutely. And that's where the data then begins to become most effective. If you start to think about how can I apply the data that I'm getting, all the intelligence that I'm gathering as a end shop talking to us, the consumer, as a supplier talking to all those end shops, even as a shop talking to all of the suppliers, and use that to make my business run faster and, and more effectively and be able to do more marketing programs. So let me give an example of that. For the end shop, communicating with his customers, two, two interesting aspects of it. First off is customer sentiment. One of the things that we're capturing now, because you have all of the dialogue that's happening between a shop and his customer is happening through messaging. What we're able to do is, uh, is we're starting to look to apply customer sentiment analysis as a way to determine how satisfied those customers are with the level of service they're getting. Now, on an individual shop-by-shop basis, that may not be so interesting. But when it then rolls all the way up to, let's say, a manufacturer, so we're working with, uh, I can't disclose, but we're working with a manufacturer that has thousands of dealers throughout the United States. And what it wants to understand is what is the level of satisfaction with that particular item that they're selling through all of these, these customers. And we're able to apply that customer sentiment analysis now across all the conversations that are happening with those individual conversations. A much simpler actual method that we implemented and this was it was it was a small thing to do, but it was a real big win for these individual shops. Is that every time they finish a customer interaction um, and they're, they're they close the conversation, so the conversation gets closed and gets archived. When we do that, we automatically let the shop decide if they want to send that customer request for a Yelp review. So you know, collecting Yelp reviews, you go look at a lot of these shops. You know, they may have been in business for twenty years and they have seven Yelp reviews, and five of them are from the pissed off customers. Or of course, company, right <laughs> now, what happens at the end of every conversation? They're prompted to saying, "Hey, did you think this customer had a great experience?" Want to ask them for a Yelp review? They go, "Yeah," and they click the button, and it goes it goes right to the customer's mobile phone, and it goes right to the point where they are in the review to go ahead and write the review. They're just walking out of the shop, five stars. I had a great time. This guy was tr- amazing. I really trust him, and their Yelp score goes up. There's always a lot of discussion though. I like that you've landed on, you've picked the two prominent platforms, Facebook Messenger and SMS. And there's always an issue of, do I need an app or not? And obviously your answer is going to be no, but I'm going to let me ask my question a little further. You know, I have my banking app. At the same time, when I go to my dentist, I get a text message that says, by the way, your appointment's tomorrow at four o'clock, please plus C to confirm. A lot of this is a level of complexity and a level of ease of use. So as you were thinking through and designing Riptide, what were some of the design criteria you had in terms of not just picking the prevalent messaging platform, but that this was going to be acceptable, that you didn't need to get an app to do more capabilities at the hands of that final end user? What, what was your thinking as you designed the product? Well, John, when we first started off, um, the thought was, let's, let's put an app into every single one of these customers' hands. And uh, it took us probably about three days of thinking and after we had piloted and actually created, built a little app really quickly to say, wait a second, why, why are we doing this? The interaction with the customer, let's, let's simply be in the place where the customer is. And so we, set, we decided to test this idea. And so we, uh, we built the app back on the shop side and we started having a couple of the shops start to communicate with their customers to see if the customers would be willing to text. And frankly, when we first went into the shops, the shops would say, oh, my customers don't want to text. They want to talk to me. They'll, 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 they'll never text. We have a 98% adoption rate of texting by these customers. So, and, and what happens is the shops go, oh my God, I just, I just discovered my customers really don't want to talk to me that much. They would prefer to text and it's much faster for me as well. So clearly texting became the, winner, the winning solution for that. When we started 
working with, and we started talking to a number of millennials and we asked them about texting and they said, yeah, I see my text all the time in the middle of my Facebook Messenger. So I'm mixing my Facebook Messenger and my text and Facebook Messenger has created a really amazing system now to go ahead and communicate with with customers and they're they're putting a tremendous amount of energy and, and, and money behind making that become the prominent way in which communication happens not only among friends, but also potentially with the businesses you want to interact with. The challenge is if you're a small business, you have no idea that you're supposed to be checking your Facebook Messenger portal and you're supposed to be checking your email and you're supposed to be checking your SMS and this and that, right? So with Riptide, we create a single portal that the shop owner is able to live in as well as all of his mechanics and all the messages come flowing into there. And then we use some intelligence to make sure we keep track of who that message should automatically get routed to. So one of the advantages now is that when you're a business, it's not just one person, there's multiple people there. If you had each one of those people now SMSing individually or Facebook messaging with their own personal Facebook page to their customers, it would be totally out of control. You couldn't possibly aggregate that. Absolutely. You can't. You don't want to do that. Right. Now we aggregate everything into a single place and archive it. Brilliant. I love the thinking process in terms of the app to the, I think this is going to be very valuable to our listening audience in terms of the decisions that you made to go through this. That was, that was very cool. Thank you for sharing that. I hope you found that interesting. As you heard, Riptide has a simple model for selling the value of their product to suppliers. They get paid faster. They establish a stronger relationship through this value-add product. But there's more. Why does it work? Well, from our perspective, it's because the product being provided has been designed around a conversational interface, delivering much value downstream to their customers' customers. And that makes a huge difference. For the Impact Podcast, I'm John Pryle.